Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Another Bottle Down. My name is Mark Rayshap, and we talk about wine and the wine industry and cover all sorts of topics in wine and wine appreciation. So I really appreciate that you are tuned in, listening wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we've got a really great show for you today. Rania Zayat is the creator of the Wonder Woman of Wine Conference, and she's doing really remarkable things to promote gender equality. And I won't talk too much because Rania tells us all about the conference and as well as the work she's been doing on this subject uh, before in the last year and, uh, and, and all of the things she is doing to celebrate the amazing, powerful women in the wine industry, mentors, and, uh, and a lot of topics that uh, are just starting to be talked about. So I don't want to talk too much before the interview, but I do want to mention a little faux pas that I make about halfway through the show. Let's see if you can pick it out. It's pretty minor. And Rania gently corrects me, and there's a little laugh as I recognize I should have used a different reference. Uh, I've been thinking quite a bit whether to mention anything at all or, you know, it crossed my mind, do I cut it out um, in editing? However, I decided the best thing to do, and along the lines of the goals of this conference, is to acknowledge that I fell into a gender power model, and uh, I didn't mean to, but it happened. And I think the first step is that acknowledgement. Uh, then next uh, is to, to do my part to make sure that we break with those habits and those models. So I do apologize if anybody is offended. And um, that is my thought on that. Let's jump into the conversation with uh, Rania Zayat talking about the Wonder Woman of Wine Conference held in Austin, Texas, March 2nd and 3rd. Tickets are available at wonderwomenofwine.com. Sure, yeah. So the uh, Wonder Woman of Wine Conference is the uh, first national conference advocating gender equality in the wine industry. And we are opening it up to trade in consumers, men and women alike. Right. Um, it's over the course of two days, and we're going to be covering um, a slew of topics, but really some of the key points we're focusing on are advancing women into leadership positions, right. um, the culture of inclusivity in the wine industry, and then, of course, pay equality. Yeah, yeah, big topics. And we're going to talk about those in, in good depth right here, and, and they'll be addressed. But I, I do want to reinforce this is both for consumers and industry as well. So there should be, there will be fun wine tasting as, as well as celebrating this attention to equality. Absolutely. Cool. Um, what, uh, so, so what are the, the who, what, where, when, how things have really come together? You're probably listening to this on a Friday or so. Um, tickets went on sale uh, when we're recording this, right? Uh, yeah, early today. bird tickets on sale today. Tell us, tell us the, the nuts and bolts. Uh, yeah, so we just released the first wave of tickets. It's only about 50 that are available um, at this special early bird price. Cool. And just really um, getting the message out there. Um, regular tickets will be available on uh, the 15th. Okay. And... And, and where, so so the uh, March 2nd and 3rd, it's going to be most of the day? Uh, yeah, so it'll be um, held at the Sunset Room in downtown Austin. Um, the first day is really set up as more of the conference, the meat of the issue. So that's where we're going to be having all these great conversations. Um, and that is going to be from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. We'll have some really amazing speakers, both local and national. And then the second day is more of a trade tasting. It's going to be set up from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And basically... 
walk around tasting you get to meet a lot of the winemakers the representatives from the wineries themselves and uh, really get a chance just to see a a lot of the amazing wines that are in our market um, that are made by female winemakers or owned by uh, wineries that are owned by women and and these are all um kind of role models of yours right and what has been and i want to talk about your process in finding people to be speakers um you've been working on this for how long the idea really came to me in March of last year, so it'll be one year full swing once the conference hits. Okay. Um, so it has been, you know, a, de- a development in that time. Um, the idea first started with a Wonder Woman of Wine class, in which we I featured ten uh, really amazing female winemakers and talked about their history, the challenges that they've experienced in this industry, but also their successes, yeah. and really celebrated them. And then um, that shifted into doing some other classes for consumers, um, a few litigators actually, and teaching them how to navigate a wine list confidently at a business dinner, something that normally is by default uh, goes to the, the men at the table. Right. So learning how to take charge and um, just changing those social, those social settings to, to advocate for women. Yeah. Um, can we, so, so it started out as the, as the class and then when did you know that it it deserved a two day conference that would be, you would be bringing in people from all over the country and what was that, that growth like? Well, uh, I firmly believe in go big or go home and, um, it really, the, the entire idea about the focusing on women and wonder women and wine was something that started for me with me too movement and um there was a lot of energy that i had built up uh, during that time um i would say from like october 2017 till march the first class that i did and i was finding trying to figure out a way to channel channel that energy in a positive way that would have an impact and I wanted to also highlight all the amazing women that I draw inspiration from on a regular basis. And so conference just made the most sense. I mean, bringing a bunch of voices together in one place to come up with creative solutions for these these inequities that women face and on a regular basis in our industry. And that is, to me, the way to achieve the, the highest impact and to yeah. make the most difference. Well, and I think that that the way that many industries are 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 dealing with this and and grappling with it is to talk about it and to not sweep anything under under the rug, right? Absolutely. And and, and this comes into how you know we can be inclusive of men as well in terms of what what their role will be, which I want to touch on, you know, later because this is all inclusive, right? Definitely. But but first, can we can we kind of highlight some of the ways that that women do kind of start off? Uh, at a at a deficit in the wine industry and and talk about those get them all out there and you know supposedly I, I'm thinking that if you know uh, somebody has been a part of this you know in the past they recognize it and correct it right absolutely um, I think that the first the underlying issue is that women don't know how to self advocate or not in, you know that's a sweeping statement but right. culturally um, we have a lower self-esteem than men. We have a more difficult time advocating for ourselves and asking for the things that we want, asking for fair pay or for transparency as well um, in the positions that we're applying for. And really teaching women to value themselves um, and not to feel like they have to 
meet 110% of the qualifications for a position they want before they apply. Um, a lot of the times men will see that they can you know, meet 50 or 60% and feel confident enough to go after a position. And women will think, well, I don't meet this criteria or this criteria, so I shouldn't ask. Right. Um, and that is that is one of the first problems at hand um, that we really want to we want to build that up in women and, and teach them that their their self worth is is valuable. Well, it is a vicious cycle because if you know you're not heard to begin with, then actually advocating is difficult, and then yeah. you know, and then that's that cycle. And, and this is what you're trying to do is break that. Give give the role models and. Uh, and skills and, and bring out the facts. You know, when you state these facts of, of pay inequality, I mean, you're really bringing it to the forefront. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it's something that we, you know, that's why we want to have men involved in this conversation is because if we could solve these issues ourselves, probably would have done it by now. Right. Um, and so men are as much part of the solution and, and advocating for uh, women as well is, is something that we, we're really seeking yeah, yeah. And and it's so, you know, obviously this is coming from a place that um, women have also an additional special skill set that, you know, could be uh, utilized either in winemaking. I mean, you know, I know, <clears throat> I know that you've talked about this. What, how could women winemakers, how are they positioned to be even better than men to a certain extent? Uh, you know, I know that you've thought a lot about that. There, you know, certain sensibilities, et cetera. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, I don't. Um, I don't necessarily think that. I think that women certainly. It's been proven that they have sharper uh, palates, right. which is great. <clears throat> um, but as far as how much that plays into their success and in, in winemaking and or how that affects the final product, I don't think that. Um, that's not really my area of expertise. Right. But right. Um, one of the, the other, you know, important issues is really gender intelligence as a concept. And what that means is we, we hear a lot about gender equality. Um, and for a lot of people, that means offering the same opportunities to women that are offered to men. Um, and while that is certainly part of it, I think the bigger, bigger picture includes understanding that we are different obviously biologically and culturally and the way that we achieve success is different from men too we have different ways of thinking different ways of tackling ideas um and that is something that needs to be understood and also yeah. valued right right um yeah i mean and 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 uh it's it's yeah i i i i really like that as a concept of gender of intelligence um so you know, as in this year that you've that you've been doing this, um, you know, you've created several other things that are ongoing that bring attention to I, the conference, and it's kind of built up anticipation. Um, but it's also in itself, I think, a really good body of work. Um, let's talk about Fem Friday. Yeah. And, um, and where did that idea come about? And what is it if, if folks don't, don't know about it out there? Um, I, I look forward to it every week. Thanks. Yeah. Um, first of all, it's so much fun uh, for me to do. But uh, Femme Friday is a series of interviews that are done, uh, posted every Friday. And so far, it's been with uh, local wine professionals in Austin. Um, from various backgrounds. So I've been interviewing everyone from sommeliers to distributors, suppliers, winemakers, uh, you name it, wine writers. 
and um, asking them a series of questions. I try to keep the questions as similar as possible uh, week to week and just asking them to talk about their experiences um, with equality and how they're advocating for equality in our industry. Also some of the, the great work that they're doing. I really wanted it to be a platform for wine professionals to see that mentorship can happen uh, with locally um, Mm -hmm. with all these women that not necessarily, it's not based on some level of accreditation um, that they're seeking. It is simply because they are already doing great work. And these are people, these are valuable resources. And they're women that I draw inspiration from on a regular basis as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, um, it's interesting because uh, some of these women have not uh, uh, experienced kind of a, a deficit in in terms of their career, but still having them as a role model uh, is is very valuable yeah, to the public, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah. What were some of your favorite uh, interviews? Can we, can we talk about a few? Anything that struck you as really remarkable or or um, you know, what What was the one that you were almost most excited about or, or surprised you the most? Not to put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, I mean, the first one obviously was so special just because there was this idea and then actually going and taking action and, action and making it happen. Um, that was with Abigail Perry from uh, Bufalina. And she's someone that I've admired for quite a while. I love the wine list there and, and all that the way that she communicates and talks about wine is so different than the experiences that I had um, and the way that I've learned about wine. She has a much more romantic way of talking about it, um, really understands how to connect the right wine with the right guest. And I think that's something that's really special. Um, Some of the other interviews, so many. Ray Wilson um, is fantastic. Uh, she just has such a wealth of knowledge um, working as both a winemaker and um, doing her Wine for the People um, membership club that she does here. And her experiences, I think, are, are really interesting. Um, and she's worked, you know, in Portugal and California and just has this really great background. And she's someone that I think that the community respects and, and looks up to as well. So that was great. Yeah, yeah. And and you've got, you know, business owners of distributors and yeah. uh and 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 winemakers and uh recently I think it was uh um Jean-Marie Deschamps who was on who was a, a guest on another bottle down uh, a couple of years ago. That's right. And she uh I, I mean I was in awe of her when when we were talking and what's it like for you to have to see this grow to <clears throat> of course it's great to 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 appreciate our Austin folks, but then, you know, if you go farther abroad, there's different skill sets there too. Absolutely. And it, and bringing these, uh, bringing these voices together in this common thread, I think is the most exciting part about it. And also just seeing the similarities and people's stories, similarities in their experiences. It, um, it just is a really, a really great way to connect people. And I think that what one of the greatest things that's come out of this is, the, you know, I'm bringing women together that maybe haven't met each other, um, that are like, oh, I saw that you interviewed this person. Who is that? I haven't, I don't know who she is. And then now there are, the, there are these organic relationships that are happening and developing out of that, which is one of the main, the main points. Yeah. Yeah. Did you come across any, I mean, I, I know that, um, 
uh, Kelly from Serendipity, one of one of your inter- your interview with her was was really remarkable because I know that she really has um, felt like she's had to work, you know, tw- twice as hard or however much hard in this world of sales, right? Yeah. Being a, the the sales manager, um, and and she, you know, she has she gave this, uh, you know, how like the Superman pose was really valuable for her, and yeah. and so what other techniques? I mean, is that going to be something that? You address, of course, acknowledging the 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 issues, acknowledging the the gender inequality. Um, but you know, uh, did, have you come across any like actual techniques? I mean, yes, having a good strong community. But is there anything that that women can do um, when they feel this this uh, inequality from their employer or from their you know whoever they're working with? Um, do, do, have you found some things that people can do? Um, well, just to talk about Kelly's Kelly's um, pose, I thought that was really great. She said a, she got the idea from a friend, but she would, you know, stands in this super, super woman pose um, for, you know, 30 seconds or something every morning. And it just fills her with confidence. And um, I thought that was really great because it's something that's so small that you can do anywhere. And it just gives you this lift. And I really, really like that idea. Um Another thing is the power of three. And this is something else that um, Kelly had mentioned and was whenever you have one woman in the room, um, she can often be seen as the woman's voice or the only woman there. And you have another woman, two women together, then it is, you know, and this is in a, this is in a group of, of uh, men as well. Then, you know, that's great. You Women have their way either... Um, someone there to bounce ideas off of and feel supported. But really the biggest cultural shift comes when there are three women, um, because now you're no longer um, isolated as the woman there. Your ideas are more respected and sort of in this more neutral, um, seen as more of a neutral or a business perspective rather than the woman's perspective, right. which I think is really fascinating. Yeah. And, and, and and so much and and you know we've been hearing about this with many industries that the different perspectives of having an even number of men and women in in the room uh, or, or you know is going to give you know so much more value to the business and exactly. and businesses that don't recognize that are falling way far behind. Um, have you looked at other industries through through all of your research in, in doing this, taken any inspiration from any industries? I mean, we can kind of talk about how, you know, we haven't really mentioned this yet, but the wine industry and particularly sommeliers, mm-hmm. which you are an advanced sommelier with the quartermaster sommeliers, but, you know, that was like this stuffy old man, you know, with the taste of an uh, Profession. I mean, we've come along from a long way from there, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, but but it still is incredibly, you know, male focused. And we were talking about sales, but the sommelier world as well. Yeah, definitely. And we're seeing more and more women entering the, those that testing culture and, and taking exams. But there is still a, a significant gap significant gap at the top. So with master sommeliers, for instance, there only about ten percent of them are women. But over half the people taking exams now are are women. And actually, the advanced exam that I passed was the first uh, group that was actually had more women than men pass, which is really exciting. Oh yeah. Oh um, wow. Yeah, but um, that's definitely uh, one of the more prominent areas that we're that we're seeing sort of a lack of leadership 
Yeah, and and um, and then do you see that in in restaurants? Do you see that you know you you consult and you are uh, you've worked at a number of restaurants? Do you do you see that when uh, you know the staff or the kitchen staff or you know the service staff is more balanced? It's a more effective and well-running operation, right? Absolutely. The, with having balanced a team and balanced leadership, you're able to work more strategically together. You have um, solutions that are more relatable to your clients and to your customers, um, which just means that you're going to advance further and then in the end, more money. I mean, really, right. this is a business and we need to protect it in order to, to do that. We have to have equal representation. Yeah. Let's get back to the uh, the conference. And um, again, March 2nd and 3rd. You know, yes. I, I, now that I'm not now it's not radio anymore. I don't have to back announce it because um, you, know, <laughs> you have to introduce fewer fewer times. But anyway, um, uh, so March second and third, and and uh, what are what are some of the actual seminar topics? Do do you have a, a little smattering? And and also let's talk about some of the speakers too because very exciting. Yeah, yeah, we have we're going to be covering a wide range of topics, everything from. Um, motherhood, which is super important. It's something that I don't think it's a lot of attention and people are somewhat afraid to talk about that. So we're bringing together um, some really great uh, women on the distribution and su- supplier side of the industry, Vilma Mazaite, uh, Megan Chayazzo from Victory and uh, San Sichin from Favorite Brands, um, both very high up in the distribution world and also um, just really incredible women that um, one of the other things that we're going to be talking about is that self-advocacy. Like I mentioned um, earlier, Kelly Frizzle will be on that panel. Um, Cara Bertone as well, who's with Folio, Fine Wine Partners, and Melissa Sutherland, who um, is an incredible writer, and she is uh, working on a publication right now about drinking Italian whites and bringing attention to uh, the great world of Italian white wine. Yeah. Um, so... so um... But the so but the motherhood as a concept of seminar um, it, because you know I always think it's it's remarkable when I see uh, you know there was some posts about the master sommelier exam and there were some mothers there with infants mm-hmm. who had just passed yeah. um, and I just think that that's just a remarkable thing that you could be doing that um, and and so. That's a that's a very fascinating topic. Yeah, I'm excited to listen to it. I'm not a mother myself, so I think that there's a lot to learn um, as well. And I am looking forward to hearing their thoughts and their perspectives on that. Um, I'm also excited. We have Victoria James coming from New York. She's a partner with Coat NYC and author of Drink Pink, Celebration yeah. of Rosé. Um, she grew up in the New York restaurant scene and, and worked her way up in Manhattan um, to to her partner position today, which is, I don't think, very easy, especially being a young woman and something we don't talk a lot about, but also being a young, attractive woman um, has its own setbacks, I think, too. And she has a lot of perspective on that. So that'll be great. And um, yeah, Ray Wilson from Wine for the People and Adrian Ballou, both Texas winemakers, will be talking locally about shaping the Texas wine industry, um, since it really is still in its early stages and being able to be a part of that early on and how they can help um, g- create this environment of inclusivity from the start. Yeah, right. So that more so that more women can be assistant winemakers and then go up to head winemakers and, and to not be afraid to enter into the, the industry. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, what, so, so we mentioned a few. Um, 
and uh, and and then you have some some really famous winemakers, Kathy Corison. Kathy Corison is, is yes. coming. Tell us about her. She is someone that I've always um, admired as a winemaker. Um, she's based in Napa Valley, and um, I wanted to hear Kathy's perspective because she is a leader in in. Um, Napa, and she is going to be talking about the state of the California industry. And one thing that is really interesting is um, at UC Davis, where most of a lot of winemakers attend their analogy program, um, about 60% of the people that are graduating with that analogy degree are women. Um, but really, if you look at the numbers as far as winemakers and women owned wineries in California, um, the statistic is less than 10%, um, and 4% for remarkable. ownership. It is. Wow. Um, so I really, you know, we're going to have a conversation about what is happening, <laughs> where are these women going, um, and how can we make sure that they are getting these winemaker positions um, and owning their own wineries. And I'm just looking at some of the statistics that you have here, and, and we've mentioned a few, but, you know, really, really remarkable that in, in 2015, uh, female Psalms reported earning an average of seven thousand one hundred fifty dollars less than Psalms that were male. Yeah, and you know we've kind of script, but you know we've touched on that. But to to see it out in a number is pretty remarkable. And you know the website is wonderwomenofwine.com. Really cool, really well done. Thank you. Um, so what uh, you know? W- how many people do you think? Uh, we don't know. This is the first year. This is the first year. We're expecting about 150 to 200 people to attend this first time. Yeah, and um, and and so how many seminars did you did you show? We're, it's, we're still uh, firming up the final. Yeah, number absolutely. Of presentations. And an exciting. Uh, keynote speaker that I am not announcing just yet. Okay. Um, All right. That first prize. Okay. Well, certainly uh, follow the, uh, on Instagram. I'm sure you'll post it there along with the Femme Fridays. Uh, On Instagram at Wonder Woman of Wine. Cool. What? um... Yeah. Some of the, uh, some of the things that we're going to be offering at the conference in addition to all these great topics are there are going to be some scholarships available um, for uh, people to apply to. We're going to have some um, opportunities for education and then also um, plenty of networking um, involved, too. But some of the scholarships I am stoked about. Um, Becky Wasserman is uh, offering up something, uh, a really great trip to Burgundy. Oh, wow. Um, So we're really excited about that. And she's obviously such an inspiration. To Um, so many people. Yeah. Yeah. And then the Wine and Food Foundation of Texas also is generously donating a scholarship too. So plenty of of exciting things to look forward to. Yeah, definitely. Um, What can we talk a little bit about... uh, you know what what men can do what what uh, because you want them in attendance we want them part of the conversation right in your in your mind what is um you know what what is the great interaction there that and, and what is the piece that men really need to be bringing to the table well i mean since men are really the ones that are in majority of leadership positions um attending the conference is the the, the first place that we can start um, and really getting a better understanding of, I think, hearing what it is that women experience um, and all the different ways that they can be involved to advocate for women, because it doesn't matter where you work, there, there is someone there that can be mentored. There is someone there that um, can, you know, can and should be seeking some sort of promotion. And I think that giving, um, giving women the 
the time, the attention, the mentorship that is so often offered to men um, is a great place to start. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have uh, an, a, a short anecdote for you. Uh, this um, When I was working on the retail floor, um, I, I had a female colleague who was brilliant and, uh, and so knowledgeable. And, uh, and, and I would see countless times when a, a man would come in and wanting to, you know, a recommendation, wanting to spend a lot of money on, on wine, would basically <laughs> completely brush her off and then turn to, you know, the, the, the oldest male, man kind of in, uh, in the vicinity. And uh, sometimes that was me. And then I would actually, I would try to, you know, bring Emily into the conversation uh, and, 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 you know, be to say, Hey, well, she's got a lot to be recommending, um, you know, talk with her. And, and so, you know, it's just, it's just so jarring, uh, particularly when a lot of money is involved. I mean, it just Absolutely. amplifies things. Yeah. And I think those, those things are, you know, it starts at that, those are, those are small steps and they're, but they are really what is needed to shift the entire culture, right? It starts in these these moments where there is an opportunity just to say something. Um, and I think that changing that culture and the way that we view women um, in the wine world is, is where the biggest challenge lies. Um, we can implement policies, we can ask for transparency, we can teach women to advocate on their own behalf, but really getting consumers as well to recognize that um, this isn't just, you know, it's not just, you know, the, the old French guy that knows about wine or um, this is a changing industry. We have younger and younger people in it all the time. Right. And um, so that is, yeah, that, I mean, that's great. And there's, and there's an age thing too in the, in the, in the wine industry. I can't even imagine, you know, a 21 year old uh, something young woman with who's really motivated and, studies a ton and then just gets you know you you know gets the line that oh you're too young to know yeah and you know you because you're a woman you possibly you couldn't possibly yeah or uh, are you even old enough to drink <laughs> right i mean i got that too and but yeah. but you know that was you know there wasn't an added layer um what is, is wine in history i know that you're you're quite interested in in studying women in, in wine history. Can, can we talk a little bit about that? Um, uh, or, uh, you know, because there's, there's really interesting stories of women, you know, taking charge and, and really advancing the industry to, sure. to ways that we can't even, you know, fathom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's actually uh, rumored that women were the ones that first discovered wine. Um, so if you think back, women were the ones that were doing a lot of the gathering and, and you know, storing of, of the food. And so uh, apparently, you know, someone, a woman uh, put some fruit into a jar and um, forgot about it, went to uh, open it, thought that maybe it was spoiled or rotten, decided to have a sip and realized, wow, this is actually delicious. <laughs> um, so we, let's start there. I mean, yeah. women are credited with uh, discovering wine. That's a great place to start. Um, but yeah, we, I mean, looking back even more recently, not super recent, but going back to World War II, um, this was a huge time for women um, in the wine industry because, uh, especially if you're looking at places like France, the men were off to war. Um, and you couldn't just abandon the vineyards entirely. I mean, sure, that did happen in certain instances, but the women had women had to step in um, and take over managing the vineyards and making the wine. And so... 
1945, I mean, as a vintage is phenomenal, especially in areas like Champagne and Bordeaux. And um, it's a wine that was made by women in that vintage and one of the greatest vintages in uh, the 20th century. Yeah, right. And then, and then, uh, not to mention the the many situations where uh, where you have a witted witted woman who takes the 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 acclaim to the of the winery to the next level. Absolutely. Um, of course, we see that in in Champagne, and uh, I was just recently in in Portugal, and to hear the story of Doña Antonia uh, Ferreira. Oh is just remarkable what she did. I mean, she not only uh, basically founded and planted one of the best single vineyard sites in Porto, but then she uh, she also wouldn't give up her daughter if her daughter didn't want to marry like one of the king's uh, second in command. Yeah. And they actually fled um, to England to avoid that. But, you know, one of the concepts there was that she was so loved by all of her growers because she treated them well. She treated with them with dignity and respect that when the, the king of Portugal was basically coming to uh, capture her daughter, the, the village people told them and snuck them out in peasant clothing Wow! because, you know, they wanted to, you know, and I feel like that there is that that level of, um, yeah, understanding and, and empathy and, and uh, you know, that, that, that's pretty interesting uh, as, a, as a piece of gender. Um, what, uh, you know, you've, you've taken on a team for building this conference too, right? What's, you know, um, it's pretty, it's really remarkable. I mean, th- this has to be a tremendous amount of work. Can you talk about the, the inner workings? Sure, yeah. Well, I realized one day that this is probably too much for one person to handle on their own um, very quickly. And so um, the amount of support and um, offerings of people that want to help has been tremendous. Um, But my right-hand person uh, right now is uh, Arielle Ferguson Henderson. Um, We worked together at some point um, at June's whenever I was there. And she um, has a lot, her and her mother actually both have a lot of experience with um, nonprofits, um, organizing large events like this. And she has really been um, such a stabilizing force for me and someone that um, that I am so grateful to have. Yeah. Um, Annie Chernish as well has been um, helping out doing the newsletter, which is great. And she's developed that and a lot of that content. Um, and then just, you know, so many people that want to volunteer and help out. And um, Denise Clark um, has been has been really helpful as well, um, actually helping me prepare for public speaking in ways that um, I was have not done before. So that's been uh, really exciting to work with her, too. And yeah, yeah, the team is growing. <laughs> well, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to offer to volunteer, but then you also have to sell some tickets, too. Right. Absolutely. So, so yes. We can't just have everybody volunteer. Um, but, but, you know, um, to offer, I'm sure it's, it must be inspirational for you to, to, to receive that, you know, that feedback and, and, and then it is, uh, so Wonder Woman of Wine is kind of licensed as a nonprofit to, to, that makes sense. Yes. Uh, we're in the, pro- actually in the process of getting our nonprofit certification. Yeah. Fun. Board yeah. of directors and, uh, all oh, the yeah. good stuff. All the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to talk, uh, just mention a couple more of the speakers oh, that we have lined up. I'm super excited. But um, Amy Bess Cook, um, she started uh, an organization called Wow Sonoma, 
Uh, it's women-owned wineries, and it started um, as a directory based in Sonoma only, where she created a list basically of uh, all the female-owned wineries or that have at least 51% female ownership or a female winemaker at the helm that's since expanded to a national directory. And um, she was just named Imbibe's Person of the Year. Wow. So stoked to have her. Um, and Krista Scruggs as well from Zaffa Wines. Uh, she is making some really cool wine out in Vermont, uh, working with hybrid grape varieties um, and heirloom apples as well, doing some cider and some really um, fun stuff there. Wow. Um, yeah, and those are all the rage, right? These yeah. hybrid varieties. Yeah. Um, cool. Wow. Okay. Well, let, let's talk. That we, we do have a few more speakers to, that that we kind of that we um, we would just want to mention. Come at it from a different perspective, right? Yeah. Um, I am really thrilled to have uh, Mandy Nelson. Um, she is one of the founders of the ATX Psalm Society, and she's going to be speaking with Peggy Hanley, the current president of the Wine and Food Foundation. And I brought those two executive director. Executive director. <laughs> Thank you for the correction. Um, I brought those two women together because I think that they've done a really great job of creating an environment of inclusivity um, in the local community. Um, Peggy certainly uh, taking over an organization that uh, has been run by men for most of its most of its time and so i think that she is acting as this new face she started a women's initiative as well um you know a little over a year ago and is really shifting um the approach to offering educational opportunities and scholarships to um people from various backgrounds in the industry, which I think is phenomenal. And then Mandy, along with uh, Joelle Cousins and, and Michael Cousins, who unfortunately can't be at the conference, but they started the ATX Psalm Society and said, hey, let's bring all these great people together. It doesn't matter your level of accreditation. It doesn't matter what part of the industry you're in. If you like wine, if you study wine, um, let's get together and, and do what we love most, and that is studying and drinking and talking about wine. And I think that's a really profound uh, profound thing. Yeah, yeah. I know that, um, yeah, I mean, especially on, uh, you know, and I don't know for sure that this was the intention, but I have seen more inclusivity on the board of directors of the Wine and Food Foundation. Absolutely. And, and certainly more in- inclusivity on the offerings, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Um, very excited about that. And and I, I guess that we'll still be seeing more speakers announced, yes. perhaps? Yeah, or? we're still finalizing a few. And, and like I mentioned, that keynote um, to keep an eye out for. Very excited. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, we're looking forward to having one out March 2nd and 3rd, Wonder Women of Wine Conference. Uh, it's going to be held at the Sunset Room. Again, that's open to consumers, to trade, men and women. Please right. attend. Right. <laughs> and now we can we can we can give editorials and on the podcast only. We can say this is really worth doing. You should do it. Go buy tickets. Heard. Go buy tickets. <laughs> um, well, well, great, Rania. This is this has been a real pleasure. It's always wonderful to catch up. Um, any any final notes? Where how do you see this growing? Do you have a five year plan? Not not like you you need one, but you know um, I I see this as being pretty big, and you know hopefully there will be you know a good amount of press too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited to see the direction that it takes. Um, starting with creating that nonprofit is you know the first step. We want to continue to be able to offer scholarships and education opportunities for um, men and women. 
and um, maybe turn those Fem Friday interviews into a podcast at some point as well. Um, but lots of lots of exciting things in the works. Yeah, wonderful. Well, congratulations and congratulations on tickets being launched, ticket sales being launched, and we'll look forward to uh, to seeing how it all goes. Wonderwoundofwine.com for tickets, and uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Rania.